0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks again for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We just finished up a great conversation with Krista Thomas talking about Newman Center Appeal that is going to support the Newman Centers at Rapid City, Newman Center, and Black Hills State University, Newman Center to be able to continue the amazing work that they're doing from Bible studies, from focus, from peer ministry, developing friendships, just all of the amazing things that happen that really help form a young man and a young woman and prepare them to head out into the world to be missionaries for christ so really encourage you support that appeal when it begins in august and if you are not in a part in the diocese of republic city but you do want to uh, support those newman centers just visit their websites and click on the donate button as krista mentioned all right so i mentioned at the top of the show that i really feel like this is a, a mission centered show that that we're talking about going out on mission and Our next segment features a couple of guests who are really on mission in their own ways. They're they're husbands, they're fathers. They're involved in the community. Uh, One of them is involved at the Newman Center. We just talked about the Newman Center. He's involved at St. Paul's Newman Center as a focus missionary. And so... As we continue our discussion and dive into our next topic, I just want you to think about the ways that we are all called individually to go out on mission, whether it's at our jobs or in our families as a mom, as a dad, we all have that missional call to bring Christ to the world and Christ to our children. So I want to welcome in John Clark, who's my uncle. I just met him today. (laughs) This This is a great moment. Hey, John. How you doing, Brandon? Good. Nice to see you. You too. And we've got Aaron Filson as well. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Brandon. Good to see you. You too. Thanks for coming in, gentlemen. <clears throat> so we're talking about Made for Greatness, and we just had a men's retreat a couple of weeks ago at Sticklesstead, which is near Fort Ransom, North Dakota. And the theme of this year's men's retreat was very Eucharistic-focused because we we're in the, the year of the Eucharist, right? And the, the theme was My Flesh for the Life of the World, from John 6, 51. And we had the pleasure of also having Bishop Fulda as our main guide, our main um, person who was giving conferences during the time. So I'd just like to walk through the retreat because I think it's an amazing thing when you get men together to grow in spirituality. There's also really great food. I just got to say, like, if you go to a men's retreat, you got to have great food. And this was there. Um, but a bunch of men together, I think we had like 80-some guys there growing in faith together. So we'll just start with each of you. John, when you walked into the room and just saw the, the number of men there, what went through your mind?
2: Well, I was very happy to begin with, but I think the one thing that really um, hit home with me was the opening mass that we had to have 80 men, and this chapel was really small yeah, to for yeah. 80 people. We, all, we were very close together. But the thing that really struck me about what the weekend was going to be is when the opening song, Holy, 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 mm. and you had all these men singing that, and it just echoed. It was phenomenal. I knew that,
0: I knew that it was going to be a great weekend. How about you, Aaron? Yeah, one of the takeaways uh, as I was walking out after the retreat with a few of the men, we were talking that not many men get the chance to spend three days with a bishop, uh, and especially yeah. three days with 80 other uh, men across the diocese. Uh, talking about these really important things and how they can grow as men.
1: John, you're a, a, a busy guy, a, a businessman. You have a family. There's lots going on. Talk about just that opportunity to detach a little bit because it can be so easy to just get caught up in everything. And not that the things you're doing are bad, but it can kind of prove to be a distraction at points, and we really need that reconnection point on a retreat.
2: Yeah, c- you said it right on I mean it, to to uh I've been on retreats before Brandon, and, and what typically happens, it takes me about a day to kind of unplug with all the stuff that's going on family wise and business wise and so forth, but again, you know um it was just it was very, very easy to do, and I didn't realize how much I needed it until Sunday night mm. that you know, when I reconnected and had to reengage yeah. um, that really really um showed me how much I needed that.
1: Right. And Aaron, now you're a focused missionary and preparing for the school year coming up. So how was this retreat for you in thinking about the excitement of the students coming back to campus and really just pushing forward in mission?
0: Yeah, it's such an important thing to be able to take a step back from our daily lives and and the hustle and bustle of, yeah, the demands of fatherhood and work, uh, even when you're working in an apostolate or for the church and, and to be able to uh, let the Lord speak to you. And in this time of overstimulation, so much distraction it's so critical to get away somewhere like Sticklestead with other people yeah. on a phenomenal Bishop, Bishop Folder that was able to preach the retreat uh, and and just reflect uh, where where am I at and where am I going? So it was awesome to be able to do that for a few days before this, this school year.
1: And then there were a couple of students that actually came with. Talk about that experience because... This, these are these are college students who are really trying to figure out their life right now, and now they're coming on a retreat with a bunch of men who are, you know, in the midst of family life, in the midst of the, the working world. That must have been a, a fun experience.
0: Absolutely. It's awesome. Anytime we can get some of these students from the Newman Center plugged into the greater picture of the parish life and the diocese and the church as a whole. And Noah, the student that I came with, uh, had so many awesome things to say about the the fathers that were there that he really connected with and uh, just so many breakthroughs, I think, for him and what uh, authentic masculinity looks like when you're 40 and not just when you're 20 or 27 like myself.
1: Yeah. Now, you mentioned parish life. You actually came, John, with a bunch of people from St. San and Jokum. Talk about that experience because when you go back, you know, you're not connected to all these different 80 mm-hmm. guys that are coming from all across the diocese. But you do still have those relationships that were hopefully developed and grown within
2: your parish. Most definitely. I think the opportunity to, to really get to know the men of the parish, put, them all, put us all in one bunkhouse, that helped. But there was time, um, quiet time, and then time after um, evening prayer where it was more social, and we had we got an opportunity to really visit about a lot of things. And you bring up Noah, Aaron. Um, for somehow he got, we sat by each other quite a bit. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but there was a time where we we had all the men from St. Andrew Joke, or most of them anyway. And and uh, Noah was sitting down, and he would ask us questions, and we would just kind of go around the table and kind of give our perspective. It was it's really really kind of neat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And how do you think that? experience with the folks from your parish is going to impact parish life or, or what the men are able to do at St. Sand and Joachim?
2: You know, I, I think that the men that were there, um, without question, had a, a sound faith. And I think it really gave us a lot of opportunities to give or bring our own perspectives and our own thoughts and uh, really, really uh, talk about Subjects uh, that were, were true to our faith, so I think we grew together that way. And I would see, I would see us um, as a parish family of, and, and group of men um, to where we'll be able to interact a little bit more, uh, a little more fruitfully. I think
1: one of the things that we really work hard on when building these retreats is to have a, a masculine things, right? It's a, it's a men's retreat, so we want to make sure that men are coming here and they're able to to feel like men. Um, so we had axe throwing, we had uh, quick draw, we had trap shooting later that night, we had the, the gun range open. Talk about that experience um, for, for either of you. We had we had liar's dice, we had cards, we had just sitting around with a, gl- a glass of whiskey or a glass of wine. Uh, I'll start with Aaron. Talk about just that experience of like being able to come together as men and, and do whatever. That's such a key element to, I
0: talk about this all the time, and I think that's one of the things that makes focus and Newman Center is seeing tremendous fruit and vocations and uh, and great marriages starting off in in the college campuses all over is because men are sharing life with each other really intentionally, and they're living in cro- close proximity. And that's something that's often lost at the average parish. So things like this are not just good to have, but critical to have where men share life with each other uh, and and can, really intentionally spend time and ask each other great, important questions instead of just in passing after a Sunday mass. I often tell the men uh, that I work with in the community that are working full-time that I lead in a men's group that are uh, parishioners all over town, that the success of their their marriage is going to depend on the quality of men that they have in their lives.
1: Amen. Yeah. I just, uh, I was mentioning before the break that I just finished a fishing trip to Lake of the Woods with a a couple of men uh, and their wives and and our kids and our families have grown up together now Uh, but we we just we spent time out on the boat and on I think it was Friday morning we were doing morning prayer together and fishing and we didn't really catch anything but it was a great experience nonetheless of being able to connect with my guy friends just out fishing being in nature and I don't know I, I mean my experience on a boat with a couple guys is <clears throat> There's not much talking. It's just, a, you know, you're just <laughs> sitting there fishing and then you'll dive into some conversation. But just that that presence and that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that masculine camaraderie, I think, is really important. What are your thoughts on that, John?
2: Well, I think that's I, the thing I found really kind of interesting <clears throat> was that um, the retreat was really set up, as you say, with a lot of masculine things, <clears throat> but also an opportunity for quiet time. Mm-hmm. The chapel was open. 24 24 hours a day. Um everybody's bunkhouse had a porch with an Adirondack chair. So there was time to reflect. I would walk to the to the lodge and um I'd walk by uh cornhole games and axe throwing and um groups of men on the porch of the lodge just laughing away. Yeah. And then I'd go back to my bunkhouse and I was able to sit quietly on the on the porch and do some reading and reflecting and so there was just so much for everything um, and every man there respected every man's time yeah
1: well and we talk about masculine things right what's more masculine actually than prayer there was a walking rosary that we yeah. did we had that time for silent reflection aaron just your thoughts on that aspect yeah that's so important
0: i was reading somewhere that the average American's attention span has fallen shorter than that of a mouse or a rat, I think it is, wow. because of things like TikTok and social media and this instant gratification and, and to say that we're a culture that needs to be instantly gratified is an understatement. Mm-hmm. So this this ability to step away from what's ordinary to us, to get out of work and, and get out of town and just be and, and, and have a few days of this time to, to be in the countryside and to mm-hmm. pray uh, and to be with other men that you know are trying to live a devout life too it's so important it's yeah. so important to have that
1: absolutely so i want to dive into some of the biggest takeaways from the retreat but we do have to step away from for a break so stay with us to all who are listening we'll be back and continue our discussion with john and aaron right after this
0: this is real presence live where the focus is not on the evil around us but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good we're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life.
1: Hi, this is Ben Frost from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. I work with adult evangelization. I'm also a father of five children. And for me, I'm just so blessed to have Real Presence Radio in our area. Because the reality is, is life gets very busy. Uh, The many blessings of working in the church and also raising five children and being a husband. But sometimes I just need times to refuel and to just be present to the Lord. So for me, it's just such a blessing to go into my car in the busyness of my day and to turn on Real Presence Radio. And it really renews me. It fills me with the Holy Spirit. It helps me to be a better father. Helps me to be a better husband. And it helps me to be a better worker for our church. So I'm just very blessed that we have Real Presence Radio and we continue just to pray for the Lord's blessings and support for all of their amazing work.
0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
1: Thanks for staying with us on the RPR Network. This is Real Presence Live. You're listening to this morning and continuing our discussion with Aaron Filsen and John Clark about the Made for Greatness men's retreat that we had a couple weeks ago that uh, just really was profound in... It's ability to bring men together from all walks of life to grow in unique spirituality because we all have a different spirituality. There's There's always a different way the Lord is working with us and talking to us and being able to bring that back out on mission in our different walks of life. So, gentlemen, thanks so much for staying with us and being here this morning.
0: Yeah, great to be with you, Brandon. My pleasure,
1: <clears throat> John. We talked before break a little bit about uh, the masculineness of spirituality, of prayer time, going on the walking rosary, having that time for just reflection, having adoration, mass, all of those different things. Your thoughts on on all of that in growth of of, of masculine spirituality?
2: Yeah, for, for me, Brandon, I think that in the in the first session, the bishop talked about you know step away and rest but ask yourself what are you looking for out of this mm-hmm. and and pray about it and so one of the first things that I did is I had really had to look inside myself what am I really taking away from this? Um, you know, it's it's. I like the idea of of having all these activities. I like the social hours. Um, one of the highlights was um, on the first on Friday night. I believe was Bishop uh, Folda joined us at a table at a table, and, mm-hmm. and it was just a real. We laughed a lot and we joked a lot, and <clears throat> it was really a lot of fun. Um, but that for me, it really it, it gave me time throughout the day. Step back each morning. I would say I'd say prayers in the chapel all by myself, and that was really special. With Jesus was right there, you know. It was like an hour of adoration every morning, Uh, and then to come back at at uh, uh, for morning prayer as a group that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, During the last the second session of of Eucharistic adoration, the bishop gave a talk that really um, talked to every man there about true um, struggles for men in their lives with. The, with the evil one and with sin and really made me feel that, you know, I'm not alone in my struggles. And I, I have, I like to think that all the other men that were there really felt the wits to the same thing. And, and the focusing on Jesus right in the altar and, and hear those words really, really opened, uh, opened my heart. Yeah.
1: So for me, I, I didn't get to hear all of the, the conferences cause I was helping, you know, set different things up, but what I really loved about the layout of the retreat is there was a foundation in prayer. Everything started and ended with prayer, and prayer was mixed in throughout the day. And it really gave me insight to the structure for a day. Now, I'm not a cloistered person, right? I'm not, I'm not, I can't just sit and, and pray all day, I guess, in prayer. Um, and I'm not a hermit. I have kids. I have a wife, right? Uh, I have a job. But it did give me an insight into structuring prayer into my day at the start of the day, at the end of the day, and finding times actually during the day where I could step out you know, of what I'm doing for a few minutes and just do a bit of a reset. I think it's so important to just have everything you know, be foundationed in prayer, have, have that foundation of prayer. There was, I was on a curcio one time. I still remember this. You were giving one of the talks. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. And you had talked about how you were talking with Andrew, your son one time about (laughs) prayer. And I still remember this. He's like, he's like, dad, so if you start your day in the sign of the cross and you end your day with the sign of the cross, does that mean your whole day is, is (laughs) in prayer? And that was just really profound to me because really as Catholics and as men who are, are leading our families, it really should be that way. We really mm-hmm. should be able to cultivate a spirit of prayer so that we are open to the movements of the Holy Spirit. We're at peace and we can lead well. Can, what do you think about that?
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's plenty of men that, you know, that I work with and that leave the Newman Center and graduate and get a full-time work. And then they start to flounder in their, their faith. And the first question you always go to is, what's your prayer life look like? How much yeah. are you praying And then there's other men that are, that are killing it, uh, in the parishes and they're doing really well and, and the family life is going well. <laughs> the first question I ask them is how's your prayer? What's that look like? And there's always a correlation to the, the men that are able to remain on mission and, and live a devout life, have a, a daily prayer life, not just a weekly prayer life. Yeah, And that's, that's such a critical, um, yeah, component of being Catholic. It's, it's like prayer is a Catholic's breath. You know, without, without us breathing, we, we're not gonna live. And without us praying, we're not gonna, we're gonna cease to be Catholic in this, this climate and this culture. And even, even if we were in a culture more like Christendom, so you still can't live without prayer.
1: Yeah, and I know you have a daily prayer life, but, but talk about the takeaway of that, incorporating all of that into your prayer life and, and um, just ha- having it grow and, and blossom even more.
2: There were two things that, that the Bishop said in his talks and I wrote, made a, made a note and I keep going back to it. <clears throat> and the, the, he asked the man, he, he gave a, a, you know, kind of a, a story. And he said, uh, it, at the end, he said, the question is, are you going to follow Jesus or are you just going to be happy interacting with him every so often? Ooh. And I'm going, <laughs> you know, that's, <clears throat> that's Ooh. really true. Cause yeah. we're all followers of Christ. Right. Yeah. Are we? Right. So, it made me. I think by taking that, it really, I really focused on my prayer time to to be present and to you know really understand the distractions, but being able to pull back and why was that distraction there, and maybe I need to take something from that as, as well. So we acknowledge acknowledge that, you know.
1: Yeah. So we have about five minutes left, guys. I'd just like to talk about some of your biggest takeaways, Aaron. I'll start with you from from the conferences, from from the retreat as a whole. You know, what are some of the things that stood out to you that you think would be really good for our listeners to hear? Yeah, Bishop talked about a few saints that, and
0: you know you can look through so many of the saints mm-hmm. and what gave them the strength to live a devout life and a heroic life in the midst of incredible persecution uh, was their reliance and their devotion to the Eucharist. And yeah, I think the, the things that matter most in life, should, we, we should give them priority. They should, be, they should not be at the mercy of the things that matter least in life. And as men of God, as followers of Christ, it's like these a life of prayer, a life of, of brotherhood, these are things that, that matter most and they might not always get the most time because of family, the demands of work and, and life, but we ought to, to put aside the time when it's able and we ought to carve out the time to go on these retreats. I, I believe Bishop said, uh, it's canon law that every religious goes on a retreat annually. And it's like, that's not always feasible for a lay person, but we should make that a priority and and develop this culture around getting on a retreat. I was so grateful to see this happen and and attend uh, and see the amount of people on this because the ripple effects into the parish and into workplaces are huge when men
1: get away Mm -hmm. to be with each other and to pray. Yeah, absolutely. How about yourself, John?
2: Um, the last talk that the bishop gave, he, he titled every every one of his talks. He said, if I was going to have to put a title on this one, I would say um, Eucharist and our mission. And so there were a couple of things that he said that really stuck <clears throat> to mind. And he said that, um, you know, we're not all politicians. We're not all activists. We're not all in your face, you know. So so we basically have to, um, we we need to uh, be live our Eucharistic life by showing the way we live, mm. Right. And then he also said that um, while we're not evangelists and we're not on the street corners, he said that um, we don't really have the mission to impose our faith on anybody, but we have the mission to offer it. And I thought, you know, that's really true because, you know, offering, offering our faith by the way we live and, and through our discussions and, and how we respond socially to things that are, um, that are being said that really aren't right. We have to say, you know, that's not right. We, we have to be able to do that. We have to offer our faith saying that's just not right. And so those that's probably the the big takeaway that um that really sent me off on saying you know I I've got to I've got to stop looking past things that really are, you know that shouldn't be looked past you know mm. and I do that by we do it by our lives we don't do it by saying hey wait that's wrong and you know and so that's that's kind of what I took away from it
1: so one of the things that <laughs> I took away was blessed Pierre giorgio Frassati. this is one of his I think this was the first afternoon conference that um that was given by, uh, by the bishop um, and he talked about Blessed Pierre Giorgio Forsati, and how Blessed Pierre had a saying that said, "Don't just exist, live." And that really just struck me to the core because how many times are we just getting up, getting out of bed, you know, going about our day? you know we might we might be praying and, and have a prayer life and everything like that, but are we truly living? Or are we just trying to, sur- and don't get me wrong, there are survival days. I have a two-year-old <laughs> and I have a five-month-old and there are just survival days, right? <laughs> um, but in the grand scheme of things, are we truly living or are we existing? And that, that was one thing that I took away with me of like, what is, what is really the, the purpose of my life? Mm-hmm. The purpose of my life is to get to heaven and to lead my family to heaven. Nothing else really matters. Right. My, what job I work. I mean, it's great to be on mission, but if that's taking me away from my primary mission, then I need to figure out something different. Right. And so just having that focus coming away and uh, making sure that we're getting our, our morning prayer in our, our evening prayer in with the kids and everything. I'm, I'm finding time to, to get my prayer in. Um, it's cause it's been a challenge. It can be a challenge trying to figure out family life and everything. So any, any thoughts on that?
0: No doubt. Yeah. I would second that. My wife and I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and mm. and one on the way. And yes, we, there's <laughs> plenty of nights right now that are hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sanctifying, as I often say, marriage and family life is the sandpaper to sanctity. Uh, yes, it's not not every day is is cut and dry, and you can get a holy hour in. But it's like the, the reliance upon other men mm-hmm. that that you know you're in this battle together with, and and knowing the other men are out there praying and and, and putting in the effort to follow Jesus in a radical way in the midst of culture and family life. yeah, It's a beautiful thing.
1: Absolutely. And I've actually had a few priests tell me that marriage actually is the hardest vocation. And so the reason I wanted to bring you both in, it was to talk about this retreat. Cause I think it's important for our listeners to know about masculine spirituality and how we can grow in that and how we as men, have been given a mission to lead our wives, to lead our kids, to lead, you know, even our friends, our our other family around us, Mm -hmm. if we're not married. And so being able to share this opportunity together, I'm really grateful. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. And stay with us after the break. We're going to talk about another mission. This one is in a different part of the world. We'll tell you about that when Real Presence Live returns.